whatever mental health looks like for you, all of us are here for you. What is your profession? We will encourage you, inspire you, and build confidence in you to truly be yourself and to tackle the world. Hello there again, and welcome to Season 9 of Lobal Spark, The Power of Friendship. This season will focus on the close relationships we have with each other and the support that is so vital for all of us with ADHD and every neurodivergence. Lobal Spark is proudly supported by Terry Shubilla, Casey Elliott, Sarah Delano, Justin Allingham, Blushing Crafter, Jamie Young, Leo Guinan, and Kirk Hofstrom. Lobal Spark has started a fundraising effort for Crisis Text Line. We have a goal of $19 per episode, as $19 supports one person in their time of absolute crisis with their mental health. If you would like to donate through our fundraiser titled Lauren's Infinity, the link is listed in the episode's description. Lauren was my wife's best friend and loved by all that came into contact with her. The music in this episode is provided by Guy Farmer. Please look him up on iTunes. He is an outstanding musician and also one of my closest friends. Lobal Spark is proudly sponsored by Social Media Gardens, a safe place to promote your content. Today's ADHD friend is Janica Blackwell, and she and I have a very special connection because she is also adopted. Janica is a remarkable person, and she also has ADHD. Just by speaking with her, she can change your life in five seconds. What an unbelievable quality to have. The entire premise of this season is the power of friendship. Janica, I can honestly say you are a close friend, even though I've talked to you one time on one Zoom call for an hour. That is the impact you have. The impact to affect others simply by being yourself. It is for these reasons that I say, Janica, you are something for someone. When I read your email originally and you, you know, talked about some things about yourself, um, we had a lot of things in common. Um, really? The very first being adopted. I was adopted as well. Oh, my God. Greatest yeah. podcast episode ever. <laughs> Greatest ever. I, okay. Now we totally shifted into that. No, that, is, uh, that is awesome. That's, yeah, that's, you know, I guess that would be the beginning of my 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 life journey that kind of. I don't know, maybe informs some of the ADHD. So um, when I was, I was actually like, I mean, I'm an open book, but I was adopted because I was actually a crack baby. Um, I was born in 1981. So like the height of the crack epidemic in the Bay Area. So like when I was born, they said that like, I was like, I remember, well, on my birth certificate, I was like less than three pounds. Um, I was born two months early. And so I was in an incubator for two months. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And they, they were like, but you fought. <laughs> they were like, as a baby, you're a fighter. <laughs> and you're not going to give up. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's been pretty, um, yeah, that tracks for, for my life journey. Um, and so that kind of, you know, and then the family that I was adopted into was absolutely amazing. I had an amazing family, um, an amazing upbringing, 
Um, I grew up in a two-parent household. Uh, my parents eventually did split up, uh, but it wasn't until I was um, already, like, about to graduate high school. So, yeah. um, like, I had an amazing family. It was me, my mom and dad, and my sister, who, she was also adopted, and she's oh. 14 years older than me. So oh, I, my I was God. Around- yeah, like I was always around adults. So, you know, I kind of felt adult when I really was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt like I was an adult, but I hate adulting. So that kind of. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. part too. Right. But, um, but uh, yeah, so I had no clue what ADHD was. Um, you know, full, I'm currently 41 years old um, and I didn't really learn too much about ADHD probably in in the last like 10 or 12 years really um I did not get diagnosed until uh a year ago oh my god Uh, that's another one 90 percent of the people I speak with are from that one year to two years since COVID happened uh diagnosis which I find as it's sad but it's also like I mean, God damn it. Why didn't people recognize it earlier? You know, like that, that, oh, it angers me because I was diagnosed at five, mm-hmm. five. And that, that is my privilege and advantage is mm-hmm. my mom was like, something's wrong. I think, you know, for individuals that are assigned female at birth, um, we present differently uh, with ADHD. And so it's kind of hard to tell. So like for me personally, when, so what's funny was when I talked to my mom about it after I got my diagnosis, at first she was like, oh, no, you don't have <laughs> yeah. And I was like, mom. What <laughs> and I've kind, of, I've kind of tried to, like, slowly teach her. My mom's older. She's 83 years old. So, like, I'm – but she's so, like – oh, I love her for being so, like, open and, like, able to, like – change her mind on things that she was very like rigid about her whole life. But um, yeah. So I like, at first she was like, no, you don't have that. And then I started to explain to her like my lived experience. And one thing that I'm trying to teach my mom is that like, you can have a difference of opinion and teach everybody, by the way, is that you can have a difference of opinion with people, you know, and you can, that's totally fine, but you cannot really debate somebody's lived experience. Right. Like, that's oh, just, that's a great way of saying that. That's yeah, a great like, way of saying that. If somebody it, tells you what they live, yeah. there's no like questioning that. Right. <laughs> you know, that's what we're desperately like, missing in this world, I think, is the ability to, to disagree with someone and still love them. Yeah. A, like right now, if someone disagrees with someone else, it's like, I hate them as a person. That yeah. That makes no sense to me. Especially, I guess, like in the ADHD space, I think that this comes yeah. up a lot. When when somebody tells you that this is their experience, believe them. Right. Like, you know, so I, I kind of, I told my mom, I was like, here's what it was like for me growing up. I know that it appeared a certain way, but here's internally what I was feeling, what I was experiencing, what I was dealing with. And when I broke it down that way, she was like, oh, well, then maybe you do <laughs> Maybe you, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, you, you had to prove it to her first. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that's funny. Okay. I think guys and girls present it different, uh, you know, because ADHD is the quote 12 year old boys syndrome. Mm-hmm. Whereas with girl, and that's all external. And I'm the stereotypical ADHD person, inner, you know, 
bouncing off the walls, all this. It's easy to diagnose someone like me, but it's not so easy to diagnose a girl who is internal with her restlessness because she is so scared of presenting that to anyone else. So like, I think hey. guys are overdiagnosed and girls are way under diagnosed yeah. because yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. And once like, I guess, well, in the last couple of years, mostly once I really started looking into it, I was just floored by like, I was like, yeah, I have experienced this. Like I do this. And um, what's been so eye-opening for me personally is that now knowing that I have been like officially diagnosed by a professional awesome. um, instead of just like, you know, thinking maybe could be, you know, now on the other side of diagnosis at first, you know, I go, I went through what a lot of adults who get diagnosed go through, which is being angry that nobody diagnosed us. Nobody yeah. you know, took the time to really dig deep and figure out what was going on with us. And we could have had, you know, we think we could have had a different experience, but yeah. I think on this side of diagnosis, I'm, I, I I went through that phase at first and now it's exciting because like now with like, with my, with my boyfriend, you know, of course he knows all about my diagnosis. So things pop up every now and then and I'm able to like talk to him and, and explain to him in, in the moment, how I'm experiencing it versus yeah. how he's experiencing it. And he's just like, whoa, because it's always so vastly different. Oh, absolutely. And that'll honestly, that'll bring y'all closer together each time that happens. My wife yeah. is neurotypical as shit. I'm telling you right now, like it is the I'm good at finances. I am good. You know, all of these things that I am not good at. But it's funny because when she looks at something the way that I view it is polar opposite, but she gains so much from me in saying like, this is the reason why I feel this way. And ultimately the person with ADHD, if it's an important topic is right yeah. on how those things are going to end up. Like yeah. we can predict a lot of things because we are noticing everything that's going on around us in order to solve that, like almost instantly. It's yeah. the bullshit stuff that we're not good at. So people are like, how is this person not, not able to tie their shoes, but they can run a Fortune 500 company? Like, that doesn't make sense to the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's well, everybody's it, paying it, attention to what's, like, right in your face. We see everything on the periphery. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that is such a good way of putting that. I love it. I love it. What was high school really like? And And this is where my mom was like, no, you don't have that. Cause I was an excellent student. I was yeah. really good at school. I love school. I just, I love learning. Um, that's just lifelong. I'm a lifelong learner. I love it. It's exciting to me. Always has been. Um, but my mom, you know, she's like, you always got pretty much A's and B's. Like if I got a C, I got upset. <laughs> like, holy shit. I my parents yeah. would my parents would have loved you because I, <laughs> because that that was if I got a C it was like I'm bringing home a trophy like yeah. that's so yeah I mean everybody's experience is different you know right. and we didn't and I think like in the 80s and 90s people were not really paying attention to like people learn differently not everybody learns this one way and right. you know can't be standardized for everyone but nobody was really focused on that back then. So it's like, it's like, here's how you learn. You either figure it out or you don't. And so I, you know, 
I didn't realize at the time, but I pushed myself so hard and I was working like doubly hard as the same people that were getting the same grades as I was. But I didn't know. I thought that everybody was working that hard and it was that difficult for people to concentrate and pay attention and stay on, you know, task. I thought everybody struggled with that the same way. And um, so I just figured, you know, I'm working super hard, but I'm also have something to show for it. So, you know. Kind of, I guess it felt like valid that I was working that hard. It's the results that we, you know, tend to look at. So if I'm exhausted and I go through that burnout phase, which we all do when we're putting our heart and soul into everything, if we see a result from our exhaustion, it's okay. Right. We can quickly get over that. But if we don't see a good result from being so tired, then we start to spiral the other way. And -hmm. I think that's what's really that the rejection sensitive dysphoria and all that kind of stuff, that's where it tends to domino in the opposite direction, mm-hmm. which is kind of the reason, a lot of the reason for this podcast is I want people to understand that momentum is one of the biggest things on earth with ADHD. Mm-hmm. And so of course I get tired. I get burnout from making TikTok videos and, and all this. It's like, what do I have to do next? What do I have to do next? but there's a result from the exhaustion. I'm talking to you today it, it, you know, because I went on a Twitter space when I was tired. Mm. And then you said something that really was amazing that you kept saying amazing things on those Twitter spaces. <laughs> and then I was like, Janica, that's my girl right there. <laughs> that's the one I want to talk to next. So it, we have to see the result, but the result has to be immediate, I think. Yeah. It can't be a delayed result. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know yeah, do you agree yeah. with that i mean you can disagree with that yeah no like yeah it's yeah. hard when you don't have at least some sense of instant gratification right right doing. um and that i think that kind of leads me into um getting into tech because yeah. that that kind of also informs my adhd journey i'm finding that a lot of people in tech have adhd which feels yep. like I'm in great company. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, I I didn't even, I didn't really know tech was a thing until two years ago or three years ago now. Um, and I, a friend of mine went through a boot camp and was finishing it and was announcing it and was just so excited about it. And I called her on the phone and I was like, okay, tell me what this is because you sound so passionate and I haven't felt that way about like work and career in a long yeah. time. And so <laughs> wow. I called my friend, we were on like a two hour phone call and she was just like really talking so passionately about this boot camp that she just went through. And I was like, yeah. okay, I need to know more. I need to check this out. And so I just started doing my own research online and it just, everything just kind of fell into place. I found a local boot camp near me at the time I was living in Atlanta. And um, I ended up getting into General Assembly for their full stack boot camp. So I did a full stack tech boot camp. Um, and this was with no, like no context, no background, no like knowledge. I knew how to do like very easy, simple things on my computer. I didn't know anything. And I started from scratch. 12 weeks later, I was building websites and apps. It was unbelievable. (laughs) It was the most challenging and rewarding thing that I've ever done in my life. And I learned so much through it. I proved to myself that I could finish something. Um, That was huge. Yes. 
God, is that not awesome? <laughs> is that not awesome when you complete a task? Half the reason for like the Patreon versus the public episodes is because at the end of this, I just offload it to Patreon and I don't have to edit shit. And I'm like, there's a win. You know, <laughs> that's a great thing. Cause it, it does help. The yeah. consistent, like, I did this helps. Yep. It's just that society is telling all of us, you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. That is a huge fucking issue with me. Because yeah. not only are we good enough, we are so much better when given the opportunities, the same opportunities as everyone else. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, in my opinion. <laughs> only. Yeah. And, and it's because our brains work slightly different and we're just able to, I feel like we see more of the picture and we see the big picture of if this, for example, what person ultra successful person has ever been normal. Like look at, look at the world's most successful people. Yeah. What are they've got a screw loose? So do we, who cares? (laughs) We're going to be the ones that are going to not control, but we are going to be the ones that infiltrate society for the better because we have genuine care for other people. You want to mm-hmm. talk about leadership? Put us in a management role and we will dog it to death. Yeah. Because we yeah. care about the people working for us, mm-hmm. not just, you know, punch the clock from eight to five. Right. We can, we can give a shit how they do it as long as right. they get the job done. You give people freedom like that and there is no stopping them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and kind of, yeah. Especially, I guess, I think how we uh, like grab onto something and then oh, yeah. it's like we are so hyper-focused <laughs> and we get obsessed with it, but that can bring so much good. Um, and it has, like for me personally. So, you know, with this whole tech journey that I was on, you know, right when I graduated that boot camp, pandemic hit and I yeah. got so discouraged and I kind of just stopped and I I kind of just like backed away from it because... I was like, well, I don't think people like, I don't know. I made a lot of my own assumptions. I was like, I don't think people are going to be hiring right now. I can, I'll just go back to my old industry, which was mortgage. And I did. Oh, I went back to mortgage for three years. <laughs> yeah. um, but then earlier this year, I got laid off for the second time since I've been in mortgage. And I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm tired of this roller coaster. And I want yeah. to, I made the decision. It was June 1st. I made the decision, okay, I'm going to transition to tech. I said it out loud. I started putting together a plan kind of loosely in my head and just started, you know, going online and and finding information and kind of putting together my own like little plan. And this was all like, you know, I was like, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to do what I can. And I slowly started finding all of these like free resources. And I was like, okay, so at this point, I've already gone through a full a full stack boot camp, but I've forgotten everything that I just learned. And I was like, okay, well, I got to start from scratch again. And I did. So I found another boot camp online that I was able to attend for free, um, fully remote. I just graduated from it on Friday. Oh, hell yeah. Congrats. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Hell so yes. I- <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, you got to be pumped as shit. <laughs> re-skilled myself from stuff that I had already learned years before but I was like you know what I forgot it but this is really what I want to do like the, the two years prior had confirmed that like I kept thinking back I was like what if I had stuck with that and what if I had kept going right. and 
where would I be now? And I was like, you know what? I don't have to think about those things. I can just start over. Yeah. So I did. And it has been amazing. The second time around, I've built such a community and met so many people from like Twitter and LinkedIn. And fast forward to now, I am about to start my very first uh position it's a six-month contract fellowship it's remote no it's way. and oh um, my god that's perfect a, yeah <laughs> I get to continue to learn I'm gonna be mentored um it's with an open source company like all of this oh all my god. fell into place because I just I just kept going and I kept going but I had the like you were saying I had those little wins you know I had those little things that like yes you know it, it, it's a big going, it's a big deal because it keeps you going. A, a lot of people will argue, and if this works for them, that's great. But they always say tackle the most difficult thing first. I somewhat disagree with that. And the reason that I do is I want to build the wins consistently throughout the day. So, mm-hmm. shit, I brushed my teeth this morning. Boom, win. Give me a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that, this morning when <laughs> right, 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 exactly. So, and I told, uh, I'm going to mention him uh, in this. Uh, Kirk, Kirk Hofstrom was one of the first people I spoke with, and his story was a. He literally walked into a tea store. He liked their tea so much that he started working there, and within six months, he was like the owner of the store. That and he goes. But that just kind of happened. I go, no, 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 no. It didn't just happen. What Mm -hmm. happened was is that you worked your ass off for something that you loved. And at the time that you're doing that, you don't notice the fact that your brain is so brilliant that you've been setting it up the whole fucking time. Mm -hmm. You just don't believe that you have until it happens. Right, right. (laughs) And that's that's very similar to what you're saying, I think. And I, I love like it's like when we find something that lights us on fire. Oh my huh, god! Nothing. Oh, oh there's yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. I liked college football. That's what I like. So I walked up to the stadium, asked if I could volunteer, and it's been my only job my entire life. I've had the same job for eighteen years. That's amazing. <laughs> so at the because I can't now. I will say that doing the podcast thing, I I like this more. because I just, I love speaking to people with ADHD because it makes me feel less alone and it makes them feel less alone because let's be honest, like this world is, I think they're jealous of us. You put us in a situation that really fucking matters in life. We are the first person all of these normal people go to. Mm. I mean, how much are you confided in by your friends? (laughs) Like, it's because they know they can see the brain, but then you come up with a great idea and it's like, Oh, that is a, that's a decent idea or whatever. It's like, no, I just saved your life yesterday. So really the next idea I have should be at the forefront of what you're talking about. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I used to, you know, I used to, I guess like earlier in adulthood, I was really kind of, um, I would, I would get down on the fact that like, I can start stuff so great, but I am not a good finisher. And the more that I've learned and the more that I've grown, the more I've learned about myself, I've realized, you know, no, starting is my superpower. You know, I'm, I'm that person. Like, and it takes a team sometimes to like, yes, get 
good things going and maybe I'm not the end person, but I can get it started and and, and somebody else can come on and, and take the baton and push that thing forward. But I can get like, I'm great at getting people together. I'm great at, you know, getting the team together and getting everybody excited and getting started on something and having the idea, but I might not make it to the finish line and that is okay. It's totally okay. Because guess what? You will make it to the finish line because the people that you have assembled care so much about you because you brought them out of their shell to now y'all are all carrying each other through the finish line. That is what I want this goal to be is like your weaknesses are my biggest strength and vice versa. So why don't we just fucking get together and carry each other across the fucking line? (laughs) Like this isn't difficult, you know, for an ADHD person to understand. Right. And it's true. Like you said, like we, we have so much like empathy. We care so deeply about things. And I don't know, I guess it's just, we're very, we're very emotionally intelligent early on. Like we are in tune to like what's going on around us. Everything. Yeah. All of it. Yes. But we won't pick up our toys when we're kids. Like that's, you know, we're going to get it out. Like you said, the start. We're going to make the train set or whatever, but that train set is staying, staying there forever. <laughs> yeah. Like that's <laughs> that train set will be there for Christmas, Thanksgiving, 4th of July, everything else. So yeah. you better not fuck with the train set. Right. Because we'll, we'll never put it back together if you tear it down. Yeah. The problem yeah. is the world is 90% harping on us for mm. all of our show. What other disorder? What other disorder on the planet? Do people harp on our weaknesses or on their weaknesses so much? Mm. I, I I I don't know but one. I mean, mental health, yes, autism, OCD, all those things. But like, we make one mistake. Mm-hmm. We forgot to put the laundry in the dryer. We forgot to wash the dishes. It's because, in my opinion, ADHD is a day to day, in the moment thing. Mm-hmm. And in our brains, if we wash the dishes. Mm-hmm. That is an hour that might break our momentum from doing something that ultimately matters in life. Yeah. Yeah. And if we don't do that thing that ultimately matters, like, for example, this to me ultimately matters. If I were to do the dishes, my wife would be really happy. <laughs> but internally, I'd be like, I did the dishes. Like, how does that change the world? Yeah. Yeah. I understand that it, feeling. Because yeah, yeah. I, the way that I have to like justify things, and you'll probably understand this, but like yeah. some of the people will be like, "What?" But the way that <laughs> I like justify, like justify certain tasks, like like washing the dishes, right. I'm okay if I feel like uh, if I uh, I'll have to like I'll put on a a Twitter space or a podcast while gotcha. I'm doing it, and if I'm like taking in information while I'm doing that, like you know mindless tasks <laughs> yes. like i'm actually like doing something the dishes are a mindless task which is so interesting because we can't do the mindless tasks but we can do the ones that take your full brain and your full mind mm-hmm. you may have just solved adhd right there with that one comment but that's kind of how i started getting into audiobooks too because yeah. it's like if i have i don't know it's so weird to me also but it works how like if it's something like washing the dishes or like like right now I really need to organize my closet and I've put it off for months but like (laughs) if I turn on some sort of something where my brain can be engaged I can kind of do that other task on autopilot now let me ask you this do you like 
you probably don't like this, but if your boyfriend were to say while you're cleaning, like, well, why don't you put this here? Why do you put this there? How does that go? For for you, <laughs> like just ask, like asking you like, why? Yeah, well, not asking you why, but does he does he give you suggestions on how to organize or how to whatever? Because my wife tried that in the first two years of our marriage, and I was like, um, listen, that that's where that TikTok came from. Where I was like, just yeah. just fucking leave, <laughs> like, just let me do it. No, I saw that. Yeah, so I saw that TikTok for context of anybody listening who doesn't yeah. know what we're talking about um there's he put out a tiktok that was you know if you need somebody with adhd to like clean the house or do something like do something on in that kind of task just leave and when you come back it'll be done and i was like when i saw that tiktok i was like the light bulb went off i was like that is so true because and i noticed i noticed it but i hadn't like really put words to it but like if if my boyfriend leaves the house that is when i clean the house and I, I think it's always like subconscious, but I was like, I clean the house when he leaves. Yeah. Why and, do you think that is with us? Oh, like, well, now, now it's not all of us. A lot of us have to have someone like yeah. standing there, you know, whatnot, like the body that, doubling and I, thing. And I get in those moods too. Like yeah. I even this last night, we were we were getting ready for bed, and I was watching I was washing the dishes, but he was standing there talking to me, and it really helped. I mean, right, right. But um, yeah, like when he like when there's nobody there it's like you can kind of we can be our weird selves and and, and no one's there to judge us us for how we're doing it perceived even we perceive judgment and it's not even that's happening that's a a great point that's a great point i i do that all the time that is one of my biggest weaknesses is i perceive that like my wife is so angry when she's really not she's just like (laughs) you know that's that is a damn good point, Janica. Yeah. That that's yeah. you've actually helped me a lot by saying that. I don't think anyone's told me that yet. Yeah, I feel like yeah, because it's like we and, don't have to like wrestle with that because we're we're constantly doing five things at one time. And, yeah. and probably not well, not well at all. But we our brains are just like, I have to do this and I gotta do this and I gotta do that. And we're trying yep. to like manage it all at the same time and do things like right we're we're superheroes um i i i I agree with that i i we are superheroes adhd is not a super power i don't think but i do think the people with it are superheroes if given if given the opportunity to do it their way yeah yeah that's that's the biggest thing is it's gotta be our way and they're gonna think well oh that's selfish or that's stubborn you're goddamn right it is (laughs) <laughs> like that's i mean I we know. need I think it's just we, I don't even know if it's selfish or stubborn it's like literally like we don't think like you I, we we our brains have put this together in such a way and it's gonna get done but let us do it in our order in our way and it's gonna be so much better than you thought it was gonna turn absolutely. out absolutely it for me is it, it's more of a fu type of uh r- rationalization because <laughs> I, I i was so sick of teachers telling me like you know, you're dumb and mm-hmm. you need to do better on this test. And this is going to dictate your whole future. And why are you bringing sports articles into class and reading them instead of listening to or reading Romeo and Juliet? And I'm like, okay, I don't really need to read Ro- Romeo and Juliet to, you know, have them describe, you know, how to get laid in high school. Okay. Whatever. What I need to do is follow <laughs> the sports team. Okay. That I love. And I'll worry about the rest later. It's the same team. Like, 
that I grew up loving, I work for. That's like, amazing. And that's, it's only because I, it was the blinders. It was, focused, yeah. this is what I care about. Yeah. But none of them related what they were trying to teach to what I cared about. Mm-hmm. If they could have related it, then maybe, but isn't that the job of the teacher to figure out how to relate a topic to the student? Yeah. 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 That's, you know, but they can't do that for everybody. And I get that. I just, I'm tired of people. I'm tired of seeing people so down on themselves mm-hmm. because the world is telling them that they are not good enough. Right. Because they are so much better mm-hmm. than the people telling them that they're not good enough. Yeah. they just And they just need somebody to pay a little bit of attention, pay a little bit of attention and you'll start to notice, okay, this is what sparks this child. Yeah. This is what, you know, gets them excited. This is what they're interested in. This is kind of, the avenue that I need to go in order to actually teach them and and have them, you know, gain information from whatever it is that you're trying to, you know, get them to grab. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's tough for the neurotypicals to understand us, but it's also really tough for us to understand them. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard for us to sit there and wonder why this task is taking so long when it's simply, you know, sitting, uh, just, just do it. <laughs> like yeah. that's, you know, and if it's important, we'll do it. Yeah. If it's not, it yeah. might not, like, it might not happen. <laughs> I'm remembering now, like, you know, when you're talking about more like childhood stuff, yeah. so many times when it was almost a theme of mine to if there was like some assignment or something that we were presenting as the class i Uh, always felt like i interpreted the instructions completely different from everybody else and like i would do it my my thing would be (laughs) (laughs) okay class assignments i gotta tell this story so we were uh reading hamlet i think or something like that in english and then the teacher wanted us to act out a scene of Hamlet. And our scene was, and I might be wrong on which story this is because I got them all confused because it was Shakespeare and it doesn't matter right now to me in that moment. But it was like someone had a dagger and, and you know, whatever. So what I did, I was the ghost. I wanted to be the ghost okay. because I could put a sheet over my head with a hat and then tape the lines to the bill so that <laughs> no one knew that I was reading it. And right. ha- I had the whole shit in front of me. We got, we got it. We got a great grade. It was like, holy shit, Lobo, how did you do that? And I was like, I taped the lines to the, <laughs> you know, to, to the hat or whatever. They're like, well, that's you figured mm-hmm. it. Out. You figured it out yeah. because you knew you wouldn't recite those things. I was like, make me the ghost. I'll put the lines on the hat. The teacher won't know, and we'll be good to go. Yeah. That's that, perfect. That's right. That's what ADHD does. Is it yeah. sees the issue of I'm not going to remember these fucking lines, mm-hmm. but I can find a way. And honestly, I didn't even re- read them. It was the excitement of knowing that I had them <laughs> in my back pocket. If I, you know, if I needed it, it was yeah. knowing. It was putting the ghost sheet on the head with the hat on, and then you know, flipping down the lines. That was the basically the motivation of here's some dopamine. Why don't you figure out a way to trick the system? You figure yeah. out a way to trick the system. You don't have to trick the system 
because yeah. figuring figuring it out is what drives us <laughs> to, right, right. To, to do it. I got in trouble. This was like in third grade, maybe second grade. I was uh, in a classroom and the way that the teacher had the desks, it was like half the class was facing one direction and the other half of the desk were facing another direction. And we had like two uh, chalkboards in front of each set of desks. So like this side of the class could focus, could do this and the other side could do something else. Well, everybody was sitting on one side of the room and I was the only person sitting on the other side of the room. For some reason I was working on something and out of nowhere, I decided in my head that I needed to change my shirt. <laughs> I'm, sitting, I'm sitting over there by myself. And I was trying to no like be real like nonchalant about it and like yeah. change my shirt over my clothes and kind of take <laughs> I don't know why I was trying to do this. And my teacher called me into the bathroom and she was like, why what are you doing and I was like I needed to change my shirt and she was like why are you doing that there's boys in the class and that was the furthest thing from my mind I was focused on changing the shirt I didn't care who was there right right exactly oh well they're all facing the other way they can't see me like you know this is how I'm justifying it my little kid head maybe this is an adoption thing because I did the exact same thing except I had the knowledge of okay I can't just take off my shirt in the middle of class. Mm -hmm. I have to go into the little closet. So there were two classes separated by like one closet. You had fifth grade, this and, you know, sixth grade or whatever. So I walk into the closet to change shirts and I see a fire extinguisher. Uh And I'm like, Ooh, shiny button. What does this do? (laughs) There was no fire. Like I just, I had, and so, of course, the whole school has to evacuate. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm just sitting there and, and it was like, so did you do this? I'm like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, I absolutely did. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it, was, it was like, well, what were you trying to do? But I remembered that there was a light switch right next to where the fire extinguisher was. Mm-hmm. So in my brain, I pictured that exact scene and I go, I was trying to flip the light back off before I walked out and I accidentally. I mean, okay. And, and people are going to say, oh, that's lying. Yeah. But <laughs> but also, it was more of a, like, I don't want to be expelled, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And I need to rationalize this because I didn't have any other way of presenting how my brain worked. Mm-hmm. To know that if you put something shiny like that in front, like, I'm going to see what it does. If I don't know what it does, I'm going to do everything I can to figure it out. Yeah. The world doesn't understand that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you, you can't put those kind of things. In yeah, area. yeah. It just and and then and then as children we get written off. Some of us as like being quote unquote bad. And hundred percent. Like no, we're actually curious. That's you know that's Which what I, it is. But isn't that the best thing about the world? Is the people that are curious. The people that are willing to take the risk and say, hey, I'm going to talk to someone about ADHD yeah, that I've never met before. Yeah. Send them a Zoom link and we're going to talk. Like, you know how many people are so scared of doing yeah. that? And I was at first. Absolutely, yeah. I was. I had been given horror stories. The Internet is bad or whatever. Then I met then I met Leo and it was <laughs> like, OK, 
he explained it to me in a way where it was like, no, it's really not terrible. Right. Um, I do want to ask you about the adoption uh, thing because I, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not going to get this opportunity. This opportunity is amazing. I think that a lot of ADHDers are adopted, and mm-hmm. I I feel like since ADHD is genetic for the most part, I think it, is that I'm not a psychologist. Like I, I have no degrees, but <laughs> I think that that's. Do you think that it might be the parents, like for me, for example, it was the parents, they were, you know, younger, and just out for the night. We're so impulsive and live in the moment that it's like, you forget protection. That's a way down the line mm-hmm. issue. It, you know, like, I feel like there are a lot more ADHD adopted people than there are that, that, that will say it. Mm. Does that does does that make sense? It's an impulsive yeah. like I'm gonna have some fun tonight, which there's nothing nothing wrong with that. But I forgot about the safety. Mm. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's like oh yeah. shit, I don't have a condom. Oh well, oh oh well, that's <laughs> nine months down the road. Right. <laughs> like, and that's where I think ADHD, at least for me, has been the biggest detriment is delayed consequences. Mm. And, and it's not, and I don't mean that, that hasn't happened to me, but finances, finances mm. are a delayed consequence. They are, you don't pay your bill for a month. No one cares. You don't pay your bill for two months. They might send you one notice three mm-hmm. months. You're kicked out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's it. But now at the last second, I will scramble around and I will make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> but does yeah. that... finances has been really hard for me. Oh my God. Um, me too. Just I, now, at like 40, 41 years old, am I like finally in a place that feels stable? But like before, when I was just like single by myself and, yeah. you know, in, in relationships or whatever, it was difficult. I, you know, yes. I had that, that when you were talking about like paying bills and monthly, ooh, that was so hard for me, like being on my own. And generally, that's why, like, when, if I'm in a relationship, I, I try to have them do all of that. Oh, I 100%. That I am so like, yeah, I'm not thinking about it. And I'm like, oh, I don't have to pay that right now. Or I forget that I didn't pay it for two months or whatever the case may be. Like it's been, it's been rough. I've had cars repossessed. Like, yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly so, so I, and and that's, that is a problem. I, I think for ADHD, especially financially, we get a piece of paper in the mail that says you don't have to pay this immediately then we're not going to fucking pay it. Mm-hmm. You get a bill in the mail that says you're going to prison. If you do not make this payment and within an hour, we will figure out yes. how to fucking do it. Yes. <laughs> like that, But I'm yeah. not saying that that's right to do like, send people, right. you know, hey mail, but society is not geared towards the way our brain works. Yeah. And a lot of times they take advantage of it yeah. because then there's late fees and late payments mm-hmm. and late, you know, all this, they know, that a lot of people don't care about the $30 late fee or the $5 late fee, but those $5 late fees add up, yep. b- build. <laughs> I, I don't know. But you know, I, and I, but I think like, I guess like the positive side of that is like when something's going down, we are the people to call. Like we know how to handle yep. under pressure, under stress, under yep. a deadline. Oh, we're going to get it done. We're going to figure it out. We're going to find out whatever it is that we need to do to get shit done on time. And, Absolutely. And, every, and then everybody looks at us and they're like, whoa, 
How yeah. did you? <laughs> yeah. where, where was this the last six months? You know, like that's just what they asked. And it's just like, well, there was pressure on us. Right. So do you want the person that performs the best when it ultimately matters? Mm. Do you want the person that has the most brilliant mind in the world when there is a crisis? Mm-hmm. Or do you want the person that just kind of hangs out and does things 50 50? Yeah. 100%, 0%. 0% the bullshit. 100% the things that actually fucking matter in life. Exactly. I think we are so powerful. I, I do. Like, I really believe this. Now, people call me. They're like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I got you. I'll help you figure it out. Like, Absolutely. You'll drive there, it. talk to them all night, you know, do whatever you need yeah. to do. Like, we'll, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Like, I love that because I'm good. You know, when something needs something's super important and needs to be figured out, I will find out whatever it is. Like, I love that. I love that. It's because it's what matters in life. The ultra most badass people in this world, which are us, by the way, uh, (laughs) thrive when it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's our and our brain naturally does that Mm -hmm. because it's the dopamine. It's like, okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. But we're we're only like that when it matters. Mm-hmm. So, what kind of person do you want on your team? Right. You know, like. Yeah. And we can, and we, and it's interesting how we can, kind of, we observe others, and we can see who kind of has the same attitude. Oh yeah, absolutely doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. But uh, the people that like don't do well. Uh, with ADHD. And yes, a lot of it has to do with upbringing. I think, I mean, I'm so lucky that my parents notice it, Mm. but a lot of it is the fact that they listen Mm -hmm. to people when they say you're not good enough. Mm. And that's kind of why I present the front. I guess I do on TikTok or whatever is I just want someone with ADHD to meet me in the middle. Mm -hmm. Like I'm out there saying, fuck you. It's a superpower, you know, blah, blah, blah. If they could just meet me in the middle of saying, you know what? I might have this, but here's what I can do based on this and this and this. I feel like the more that we are saying, this is such a drawback, this is such a drawback, the person on the couch that has no incentive, that has no nowhere else to go, is just going to stay there mm. because it's all this negativity being brought in and they go on TikTok and it's like, Oh, isn't this terrible? And then everyone cries and all that kind of stuff. And I and I get it. There's a place for that. But what about the person that doesn't know whether they have it or not? What are, what is going to motivate them to get off the couch and mm-hmm. go get diagnosed, mm-hmm. or to say, you know what, I I can sell, you know, maybe self diagnosis or whatnot. But I have this that's a good thing mm-hmm. that might help them say, okay, well, if I can do that, this might suck. But if I can do that, yeah. then I'm more willing to accept it. Yeah, yeah. And and that's I mean, I'm proud to have ADHD. Me too. Me too. Like, <laughs> like you know, I, it's not something that I shy away from or that I'm ashamed of. Like it's made me literally the unique person that I am. That's why you're so amazing and your life is so incredible now. Mm. It's might be because of it. Mm-hmm. Not in spite of it. Yeah. Cause I like now I realize so much more. I'm so much more self-aware of like 
how different I think about things and how I experience things. And, and it's like, you know, in my relationship, it's just comedy now. Like (laughs) at first, like, Oh, it's completely comedy. That's so funny. (laughs) When I tell him like what I'm thinking about something, he's just like cracking up. He's just like, you are hilarious. I was like, this is just what pops in my brain. Are you the life of the party? Oh like, yeah. Oh fuck yeah. I love it. I knew it. And that's <laughs> that's and how good does that feel yeah. to be able to just own a room and, yeah. and just know that like you're gonna yeah. do some funny things and people are gonna socially, laugh. People are like so like, scared socially. I know. I walk that, into a situation and I will say the things that nobody else is saying, but everybody's thinking, you can see it on their faces. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> just say it and get it out and over with, laugh about it, and move on. Like <laughs> that is a direct quote, direct quote from my <laughs> second episode I ever did on this <laughs> podcast when when it was just me talking, uh, you know, to myself. And yeah. I was like, they're all jealous. <laughs> like, you say what you want to say, when you want to say it, and everyone yeah. notices. Yeah. And, and yeah. they're like, wow, look at this person. We should revere them because they go against the grain. Well, I mean, yeah, so why aren't we being revered? <laughs> like, that. if right. I'm the world, I'm going, oh, they have ADHD? Fuck, I bring them on right now. This yeah. is where they would be perfect. Yeah. But no one thinks like that because it's too impulsive or whatever. Yeah, but the impulsive person, by the way, just made an impulsive decision to save your fucking life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. I so. love it. But I think, you know, and I and I love how like the I guess like the younger generations, they are getting to experience life with people talking openly about these things and you know. It, it being a positive yeah. thing and, and, and children actually getting the, you know, the care that they need as far yeah, as like 100%. personalized care when it comes to like school or whatever it is like, that's amazing. Cause yeah. when we were children, we couldn't even, no, they didn't really, they didn't know as much, it, you right. know, they didn't know as much and it was, Oh, here's some riddle and here's some this, here's yeah. some that. And it's like, okay, well, and it took, it took me probably 15 years to get medication, right? Mm. And I've been on the same dose for about, you know, the last 15 years from the age of 25 to 40 now. God, I'm 40. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I but, have yeah. that moment. I have that moment once a day. Do you really? <laughs> now, how long does do these moments last when when, when you hit 40? Is it? Oh, well, is it a consistent? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. But like, <laughs> it's, all, it's all just me. Because like, people that meet me, they were like, "I thought you were 25," and I was that's- like, "Well." Exactly. <laughs> because that's how I act, you know? And I'm like, I, I'm guessing that's a compliment. I'll take it as a compliment. But to me, you know, I, I take that as, you know what? You act youthful. You are full of life. You're vibrant, you know, and I'll take that. Because I, I, I'll i probably be 60 and still be acting the same way. So Because you can be a kid. Yeah. Oh, I'm totally a kid. <laughs> Absolutely. So how many movies, how many movies out there demonstrate that entire thing? Oh. We should be children at heart. We should be ch- yeah. well, motherfuckers. We have this. This right. is this is who we are. Yeah. So, like, stop trying to give the advice and then criticize the people who actually do it. Yeah, naturally. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've done a pretty damn good job yeah. of bringing awareness today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've had a, a a different journey, I guess, in the fact that I was diagnosed as an adult, um, and I was almost forty. I was thirty nine when I got diagnosed, and you know. I was at for you know I went through that whole 
period of, oh, if I would have known as a child or if I would have known it as a teenager, my whole life may have been different. But you know what? You know, it's fine. Like my life is how it was and it was still great. And I can move on from this point and knowing what I know now and still keep going and, you know, bring awareness to others and help celebrate other people when they're finding out that they got diagnosed. And and then also like really be out there saying, you know what, this is not a bad thing. You know, this is actually a great thing. And you're just going to learn so much more about yourself and be able to manage your own brain and feel some sense of control. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's about controlling the good things Mm -hmm. because a lot of the bad things we don't, some of us, myself included, I'm not good at managing the bad aspects of my ADHD, but I am phenomenal at increasing the great parts of it. Yeah. So the double-edged sword thing, I only sharpen one side and that's the Mm -hmm. side that's already awesome because I can fucking ignore that other side and cut through anything life, life throws at me with that mm-hmm. sharpest shit blade. So many people don't understand what they have. And I, I do. And I'm trying desperately to spread that to get yeah. other people to realize that like your good qualities are so much better yeah. than a lot of other people's yeah. good qualities. Like Absolutely. 90, 90% of the world's <laughs> so, is, is what, I, yeah. what I think. But what are you most proud of? I have to do it. And it cannot, okay, now here's the thing, though, about this okay. question, and everyone hates this, of okay. course, but it can't be, like, I am proud of, you know, meeting my boyfriend or, or whatnot. It's got to be, you are proud of a certain characteristic that you have. Okay. Because a lot of people say my kids and whatnot, and I'm like, that's great, but, you know, yeah. what about yourself? Yeah. 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 Um, I'm proud that I find meaning in helping others like my entire life all i've wanted to do is help other people everything okay. that I, do, I try to do it in a way that will help somebody else and it, it all stems from me knowing what it feels like at times to not have that and yeah. constantly wanting to become what i need oh my god janica <laughs> because i have spent one year Try to explain to everyone I've spoken with that helping other people helps you at the same time. So yeah. when people are saying like, oh, you're not focusing on yourself enough, that I, I disagree with that because if I'm yeah. focusing on someone else, I'm also focusing on myself. I'm just doubling it up. Yeah. Yeah. And Thank I mean, you for proving my it. thesis. Talk about a dopamine hit. Like, no shit. That's, I mean, to me, this is not difficult. Like, this is not a difficult concept to, to wrap your head around. Like, what, why are we so badass? (laughs) Like, like, why are we so awesome? (laughs) I, I, I think it's because maybe we just thrive on helping other people. And then that gives us a jolt that carries us for a long, long time. Yeah. What other person in the world could help somebody else and genuinely help themselves at the same time and not be bashful about it? Yeah. Yeah. Most people yeah. care because caring works. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm a business. I care. Here's a day off, you know, whatever. They don't fucking care. 
Right. We care because we actually have a vested interest in caring about that person. That's what lasts mm-hmm. throughout time. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. And it's not, and it's not like, you know, when we approach somebody else that's or somebody going through a hard time or whatever it is, we don't just stop at, oh, I hope it gets better. We're like, no, how can I get in here with you? Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. jumping on their sinking boat mm-hmm. and saying, I will do whatever it takes. It might take some duct tape, some zip ties, the ADHD cure for everything, right? Uh, <laughs> to get the leak in the boat taken care of. But I'm going to stay with you. Absolutely. Throughout. There's no other type of person like that. What is your profession? Oh!